Hello and welcome to Further Research Needed. This is the podcast with straightforward questions and not so straightforward answers. I'm Hannes Feirer and as always I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts Jan-Philipp Reising and Chris Wood. Hello. This episode is the second part to our transhumanism feature. Last time we had the first episode on is it inevitable? We kind of came to the conclusion it is inevitable, it will happen, and it is happening one way or another. And today I'm asking the question, is it okay to change our own genes? Now, before I really want to get into the question, want to want to start the discussion, I want to give a quick wrap-up of, of how we were thinking about these things. Transhumanism, in this case, I would define it as the idea that we overcome the evolutionary limitations of our human biology. We overcome it with technological means or biological means. So this could be, in a way, my glasses are a way to overcome my biological limitations of seeing quite poorly or things like that. But then of course, it can also be technological um, helps to overcome our brain limitation, for example, with the help of a computer or all these things. But what we actually wanted to get into was the question of biological modification. And in a very specific sense, we're thinking about the new technology of CRISPR, which is just setting the stage for an age of genetic engineering as we haven't seen it before. It has always been possible, but CRISPR, CRISPR-Cas9 has facilitated genetic modifications significantly. And this is why we thought it will, it will be inevitable. So for the people now, who don't know what CRISPR-Cas9 is, what's like the this new crazy magic technology. Oh, you're, you're asking, sorry, I thought you wanted well, to say. I'm a biologist, you're the biochemist. Yes. <laughs> ouch, ouch. Um, CRISPR-Cas9, people call it the, the gene scissors. In the end, it's a tool to, a tool to very specifically cut the a genome, a, the DNA in a cell, and then we can use other technology to insert a, a new piece, but we can also just make deletions in a gene and, and, and reseal the DNA. So in a way, in, technically CRISPR-Cas is not only one technology, but it's a multitude, a whole cassette of different technologies that can be combined in different ways. And it allows gene editing faster, more precise, and with fewer errors than ever before. That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, it's like the next generation which is, exactly. is becoming extremely useful. We could do it before, but it was a huge pain. And now we're at the stage where you can do it, use it for stuff that's maybe more gimmicky than before. Yes, it is still not to like to oversell it here. It is still a big issue to use it in living organisms. It's kind of simple in the lab in vitro. It's done very often and very frequently in research, especially, but therapeutic use is still kind of far away. It's being researched on, but it's still not out there. Like it's not marketable yet. And this is really what we what we talked about last time um, is that uh, these kind of modifications, biological modifications even are around in a way, just not in a permanent way, apart from maybe plastic surgery. But now we're not just changing about, uh, not talking about changing our phenotype, but actually we're talking about changing our genotype. So these are two different things in a way and the most important thing and this is also what's important when I ask is it okay to change your own genes um, is that genetic modifications can end up in our germline 
And that's the question I want to ask. Is it okay to change our own germline? And how is it okay to do it? Because I think we already established it will happen anyway. Definitely will it happen in one way or another. Can I ask you a question? When you say, is it okay for us to change our germline? Do you, are you implying a scientist editing their own, their physical own germline? Or do you mean us as humans changing our, like, our human germline? Because they're two quite separate scenarios ethically, I think. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. I tend to agree. I'm asking, in a way, as always, both questions. More specifically, I'm thinking about the, the ethics of changing my own germline. Mm -hmm. okay yeah because my body is my own i can kind of do with it what i want within limits oh you don't think i could i could change my own germline i mean like the thing is you changing your germline does not have has zero effects for you personally it yeah. only has consequences for your offspring and so right now we don't have a legal framework for why we shouldn't do this sorry to interrupt yeah you're basically I... oof. Yeah, I Chris, disagree. Sorry, um, I completely disagree. I think the legal framework is there. We are not allowed to edit human journalists uh, at the moment. There was the case of the researcher in China, but that was controversial because they did it. Um, that was in research, though. Yeah, but it, it wasn't approved. It was on actual right. humans, and they 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 did use CRISPR, I think, to edit yes. and to delete a certain gene that was causing a disease, and. Um, I remember that there were two big problems. One was that the researcher hid the children and so no one could check whether he'd actually done what he said he'd done. Um, and the second was, did he get ethical approval for it um, or not? And I think the ethical approval was, was not granted. I can't, I can't remember. But I think it wasn't. I'm pretty yeah. sure, as you say, we, legally we, in research, we can do this. Yeah. So the so currently the legal framework is no, you cannot absolutely yes. change any. Can I though, as a private person, given the technology is so simple, get the necessary components and do it on myself, my own, or let's say on mm. animals, as a as someone who is not bound by the law as a researcher. Mm, good point. Yeah. That's true. I mean, like when you say can, it's like we have to specify in that case is it ethically okay to do this, right? Because can, in the sense of, is it possible? The answer is yes. More can yeah. Just More actually, like, just spitballing here. If I was going to do this right now, what would I need? So I'm on, uh, uh, so Sigma is, is essentially the Amazon of, uh, of science. So you buy whatever you want from Sigma. So I'm on Sigma and I wanna buy, I need some Cas9 protein. I need some DNA. I need a, a set, a section of DNA that I know I want to edit. What else do I need? You need some, need some guide RNA. Some RNA, oh. cool. A couple of Petri dishes, some tip tips and some- um, All of these things. Pipettes. And then what? I take some Probably of my Probably have sperm. to grow the, the DNA in amplified in bacteria. Mm -hmm. Maybe even express the protein in bacteria or just buy it in a tube. Um, I mean, it depends on what you want to do. If you just want to delete something, you just... I I'm well, I want my offspring to glow in the dark. So I want to put GFP mm. in my offspring because 
that's I'm a, <laughs> that's my uh, thing. I just want to be able to find them in the dark. It would be much easier if I could just turn on the you lamp. Still, you still need a UV light. Like, a, <laughs> like there would be a fucking sensation when they go clubbing, but otherwise... Amazing, yes. Utterly go. useless. I would keep totally silent until they go to their first club and it turns out that they're like bright, Glowing. bright green in the club. That would be amazing. We can just... If I can also nerd out a bit, I would probably make them express Chris's favorite enzyme, HRP1, the horseradish peroxidase, and then I spray it, spray them with the substrate, and then they, they actually luminesce in the dark. You don't oh, need to be that anymore. Cool. Yeah, awesome. That would be awesome. No, to yeah, so after actually, after I'm verified what horrible, horrible things you would do to your <laughs> potential offspring. Thank I you. think. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> uh, I I don't I I wouldn't know exactly how to do it. Because I'm just a biochemist, as as Philip already stated. Yeah, I didn't say just. All right. And I added that in. Um, I suppose, but so I mean, like, I think it's it's difficult, but it's not like you would have to have access to the knowledge, a lab, but it's like basic lab equipment, and you would have to have enough time and that kind of stuff. But it's not. Maybe we're not there yet, but I think people are doing it. Sorry, I did this again. Yeah, I mean, you could also just use a virus i guess inject like i mean there are there are options but even if the technical i mean the the question is not the technicality of it but more like the am i allowed to do it and you guys so, had uh, like bullshit examples sorry like a lot of crap on your parade here <laughs> but like let's say i i just sequenced my genome i haven't gotten the results back but let's say i find oh i have the the repetitions that give you Huntington with a very high probability or have like an Alzheimer's gene or whatever, like something. And I would go, well, I want to have children, but I do not want them to have this mutation. I don't want to give schizophrenia with like a 50-50 chance to my children. Why is science prohibiting me from like curing my, the, my, my potential children from that, right? Like that just seems unnecessarily cruel if we have that technology. True. And I think this is where we have to go to the second question. Once we decide to do it, just as a society, uh, who is allowed to perform this? Can you, given the possibility of it, could you do it yourself or will it kind of be behind some kind of paywall or some kind of system which only which commercializes it or is it going to be like the young internet all open source and everyone can go for it they're just gung-ho jesus mm -hmm. i, I think we just seen the, the reason why uh, we shouldn't go gung-ho because people like hannes and i will be uh, causing all sorts of craziness to evolve in the, or not evolve in the human genome but to enter the human genome i just uh, want to go back one second sorry um uh, I think this may be a, a fact of we have a podcast with three men on it here, but it's not actually your own decision as well, because it takes two, a male and a female to, to form the next, uh, to form a baby. So you, you would have to have consent for someone who would like either way, carry the, carry the changed or the new gene uh, with their half of the DNA as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's slightly more complex than just you having control of your own body um, in, this, in this sort of um, moral landscape. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think that makes it different 
because we are men, I would say. Like, yeah, sure, we're not gestating the embryo, I guess. But it would still be our child, right? If a woman decides to change her mm-hmm. the DNA yeah. in her eggs, then that would also have consequences for our children. It's, it becomes more messy, I suppose. Yeah, You'd have to how... agree together. And then again, the, the child that's created becomes its own legal entity, which is also a question of like, could you as a child retrospectively sue your own parents for the changes they wrought? Or the fact that they didn't take the changes. So yeah, if, they, exactly. if, they, if the child can show negligence, because let's say you do have the genes for Huntington's and then you didn't eliminate them at the time, can the child be pissed off about that? I mean, I'd be pissed off, right? Like yeah, theoretically, like maybe you could change it post hoc. Like you could sue them that you get gene therapy once yeah. you're born. But yeah. Do we have as a society or as individuals also a responsibility towards our own offspring, but also towards the human gene pool in terms of what we do with it and what we pass on? We are getting into Ooh. some very dangerous territory now. <laughs> this yeah. is, this is, yeah. Because it's not at that point, you're like, either you go the super scary purist route, you go, well, humans are natural. You're not supposed to change anything. If you get hunting, that's Newton in the sky's will to do that. So it's supposed to happen. Like that's super scary and fucked up. Or you go the other way and you go, well, we've looked at all the genes and these are the cool ones that we want that the gene pool of humanity has to keep. And these ones we don't like, so we don't want these ones. Like, that's also super fucked up. Mm. And then who decides that? Like, individual governments or like... Exactly, that's what, that's the what WHO? I'm asking. Like, no, none of these institutions are prepared to make these decisions. And I would feel very uncomfortable if they did because I didn't elect them. And even if I did elect them, like, I don't know. What, there might be two other options than governments to decide these things. There could be transnational companies because they do seem to have a lot of power these days. <laughs> um, and this a, a rogue version of, um, I think people call it democratization of such technology, a bit like the early internet where people could just do things on their own. And at this point, I don't want to go too far, but but we're almost looking at a scenario of like individual eugenics where we, where we can have an impact on exactly the, the gene pool of the future via changing our own genome. But then would it be in a way that I take this decision on my own, what I change, like just knowing more or less what I do, or will it be an Apple-like transnational company offers packages or maybe subscriptions that can then impact the human gene pool which which doesn't sound much more democratic or ethical either Mm. what do you guys think i'm inclined to uh well actually i'm gonna take a um the refrain from the last episode um it's already happening in a way so you can see that we make decisions about who we have children with and with it's non-scientific or it's non-genome based currently, although actually there are some communities such as I think Ashkenazi um, Jewish people have 
a method of screening their entire population in order to make sure that people don't, people with two sets of the recessive genes for some kind of disease, I can't remember which one, um, make sure that they can't, they don't marry and have children so that they tr they're trying to adapt their genomes to avoid these hereditary diseases that are endemic within um, the Ashkenazi Jewish population. Um, so we're already doing that. And anyway, you would meet, a, meet the, a woman who you would want to have kids with and you choose them based on attractiveness and so on and so forth. So you're already selecting for certain traits um, just normally without CRISPR and CASA. But so you if only we, look for phenotype, right? At where, mm -hmm. I mean, this, uh, this might, like a, might be like a, let's say temporary transition point. Like I have sequenced my genome now so maybe like in 10 years, I don't have Tinder, but I have like a different app and I just put my genome on and I'm not, I don't know, looking for funny and relatable, but more for like, oh, I need someone with mutation XY because that's protective for my <laughs> mutation that I have or something. Like you're laughing about it, but that's like, why would people not do that, right? And would that come up? Would that be the second date? Or do you think later on in a relationship? Do you want to get that out of the way early or yeah, early? Like early on you your profile? Just, you would yeah, like maybe. screen that, screen that out of the bed. You just cool. upload Did both you? your genomes, and then you have an algorithm that like automatically <laughs> matches stuff. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, the the caveat here is, um, I think something we also have hit last time is that it's what you talked about now, Philip, was only treatment for something that could be a disease. But the other option that we're given with this kind of technology is enhancement. I want to go as far as say unnatural enhancement, even though of course something like increased muscle math mass is muscle math. Muscle mass is muscle natural, math. of course. One, two. Should <laughs> <laughs> it to math math? Nice. Um, I mean, just to give like a very stupid example, let, let's assume sure. our parents chose when they got children their hairstyle we're all gonna have and we would have to have the same hairstyle they had in the 90s and we couldn't change it like that would yeah. just be really fucking annoying like i love my mom but maybe i'm not agreeing with her taste in hair in the 90s you know like there would be like fads and whatever apple the the genome version of apple rolls out their new whatever curly hair feature that's super cool or that dries super quickly or the, i don't know whatever people come up with like, I don't know, like, pfft. I feel I'm inclined to just say no germline modifications. Society puts a ban on germline modifications and there's only an underground scene where you do it like secretly and stuff. And this will always be criminalized in your yeah, world. Yeah, I think so. But then what <laughs> happens to offspring? Like, I mean, I'm, I already can see the film where the, where someone discovers that they are have been germline modified, and then they get ostracized from society later on in life. And anyway, that's uh, that's a separate podcast where we decide <laughs> what films we're going to make. But anyway, um, but um, I'm possibly inclined to go the other way and say that the full uh, dem democratization and kind of free-for-all that would occur if it was allowed everyone was allowed to or every couple was allowed to have their individual preferences and so on and so forth the whole um, system would average out so that in the end you would have as much diversity in human looks and whatever as you would have currently and that there wouldn't be this like 
blanket destruction of all curly hair or all flat hair or, you know, these sorts of things would be, because humans are naturally heterogeneous. And so, you know, all sorts would happen. And in the end, that might be better off. We would have more traits to explore. I mean, I think there would be an unsettled phase at the start where people went mental, but then society would kind of um, begin to create moral norms. So it may be things like, you know, instead of being um, enforced legally, it would be morally enforced. People would be like, you changed your ba baby's hairstyle. That's, that's outrageous. And so eventually that kind of thing would have died out into the thing where, where of course, things like the Huntington's genes would have been edited out. Of course you would, that's just, you know, natural. That, and then society completely would accept that. Um, so I think mm -hmm. maybe moving away from a moral framework, uh, sorry, a legal framework to more of a moral framework, framework um, may, might be better for society as a whole. The only problem is that would take years and might cause untold damage in the interim. I mean, like if you look at, like, I know this is a very bad example, but if you look at like plants, there's like one kind of banana out there. Like all of the bananas we eat in the store, it's like the clone from one banana. If you look at like wheat, where you already do gene line editing, like all of these, uh, very similar you just figure out what the best whatever the company thinks is best and then that's the thing what everybody uses so i think there's a very huge risk that whatever the current society which would be like who's in power white men just decide oh these are the traits that are nice and available and that you can put in and then if you don't like that that you know seems mm. bad to you yeah, I can see that the corporatization of it would lead to homogeneity, which is exactly the problem. We all buy the, there's only like four flavors of Coke at the moment. Yeah, it's exactly. Not, like, it's, it's not, not like, like we could have millions of kinds yeah, yeah, yeah. of everything and we don't. We just like, yeah, somebody just gets the, that's like runaway, whatever, like runaway feedback loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, I'm I'm swayed. I think that's that's definitely uh, the worst form where you'd have Coke branded children and it'd just be awful. Oh God, no. what are you thinking, Hannes? No, I'm exactly on uh, on your line of thoughts here. Is that um, I think a complete democratization in a free running system, only held together by a moral framework wouldn't work well it, i think it would work in some way but it would create more inequalities than it would solve mm. Mm, yeah at least just I looking mean, at history how we these things have been working in the past i don't think it's going to go well and and this is a refrain that's used in a lot of sci-fi you see it in from sort of um hg wells the time machine and stuff like that where and, and forwards that because these interventions would cost money, you will instantly create a class or there will be a class separation where people who can afford the treatments become transhuman and the people who can't afford become whatever and eventually are classed as subhuman by the leading or the ruling class and this is this this kind of story is used again and again in, in these sorts of i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna use your line chris here that we're almost there like if you look at like celebrities versus normal people who have like plastic surgery and a team of people that like make them look almost inhuman like they don't look like yeah, like all their Instagram pictures, like everything they put put out, they don't. They seem like 
okay, gods is maybe a very big word, but you know, like the perf the level of perfection they project to the outside world is mm, impressive, yeah. too scary and frightening. I think that's what people are afraid of that call for the democratization of genetic engineering. So they're afraid it will it will only be used by the elites for the elites and create a class system which will separate humans like we haven't had it haven't seen it before not only by what you have but how you are genetically and that's kind of unsurpassable yeah, like okay. wealth can like you can give someone money and then they're wealthy but you can't just well now you can give or soon maybe you can give someone new genes but it doesn't just happen as long as you keep this technology for yourself you kind of control that right that aspect of class Do you think there's a there would be a, a chance that we'd have speciation happen where people who modified particularly modified their genitalia let's say for whatever to look like a porn star or these sorts of things and then they were incompatible with other people and then the whole there would be this sort of separation okay. well it's I technically is, possible right I, I mean yeah i mean if it's technically possible it will happen <laughs> that was last uh, episode okay sorry. <laughs> i mean yeah given that we don't wipe us out Till then, I think species, but I would rather have it that it takes longer than it's faster. Because if someone just thinks, oh, speciation might be nice, I just want to have my own thing. Whatever the Amish go and go, well, we're just going to make it official and like. Oh, yeah, shit. Or like, no, like, I don't know enough I about mean, the Amish to actually use them as a proper example. To, to like, be no, fair, no, no offense at all. It would be a bold move by the Amish to eschew all technology except for gene ed germline gene editing right at the end of their like 2,000 years of doing whatever they've been But up. you only have to do it once, right? That's the thing. You only do it once. And then that's like all of your offspring have to live with the consequences. You would like all of your offspring would be cut off from the rest of humanity. Well, maybe not because let's say, so going back, this is, I think this is the problem with this word democratizing of it, of it but you know, Otherwise, the, the offspring would live with it, but then they would change themselves again and it would just cycle. So you could mm. go go from curly to straight, curly to straight, all the way down the, you know, down the ages. Oh, God, oh, God. Well, the good thing is that most of these at least imagined changes of genetic or genome wouldn't imply that we can create offspring with anyone, right? These would still be compatible with that's yeah, usually the idea yeah, and what you, you think now is a is some population could use it to cut themselves off from the rest of the world yeah. intentionally by changing something in the fertilization machinery or something i don't know i mean yeah. you like you would just have to find something that's incompatible right you could just, yeah whatever yeah but one thing we haven't talked about that i think is the biggest problem with the democratization democratic making it more democratic <laughs> um, yes. is that if you have zero oversight of people, what, what people are doing, a lot of mistakes will happen. I'm not saying that companies don't make mistakes, but at least there's more regulation and quality control and litigation. Maybe repercussion even. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All of these things. If you're just like doing that cell, the, this themselves in your own garage, and it might not even be intended, right? Maybe you're like, oh, it would be so cool if my kids had GFP and then accidentally you knock out like a super 
important gene in the process and they are paralyzed or maybe it has like a super weird side effect that only happens i don't know once you're 35 like mm -hmm. technically you could make the argument oh even if your parents fuck up you just go to the doctor and say oh can you like i don't like my blue skin anymore can you please like take out that gene i want to have like i don't know another color but if it's something that like changes something in your um embryogenesis or your brain development or whatever like something you can't just turn back even if you do the gene editing after the fact and people mm. will fuck up we fuck up all the time yeah yeah so to move it away then because this again could be solved if we're, if we're if we're in the world of these sorts of technologies then so the could be solved with non-germline gene editing because then you make a you okay not the fundamentals like em, uh, embryogenesis but like after the fact doctors could look at the child and go okay we need to now edit the whole like every single cell or maybe just the cells in the eyes to re-express rhodopsin or whatever they need to do you know um, and then so in that case it would be maybe for the companies it would be great they would then have consumers hooked from birth for from the gene line editing from the germline editing onto just having to, to edit their babies after the fact that they were born no i mean there would also be an incentive for companies to do something that's similar to what they do with grains where the first generation like you can sow out the wheat or whatever but if you try to sow out the wheat from that like your product mm -hmm. it will not grow yeah you could have some very like whatever you buy an amazon modified child but if amazon doesn't like if you stop paying your subscription then you oh, become Jesus infertile Christ. or whatever like oh no i don't even like prime but i do like <laughs> my child oh I'm, I'm really torn because I kind of feel like we're talking sci-fi here. Like I'm, I'm arguing about this, like I would be able to argue about a sci-fi movie. I don't really think this is happening. I, yeah, I, I would say I don't actually think this is happening. Like I don't feel it's happening on a very intuitive level. But at the same time, I feel like you can't, you don't really see when you're on the brink of, of a new era and if, and if there is something to it and the technology seems to be almost there like developing very rapidly maybe there is more to it than i think what did you want to say chris i, I um yeah. i think what's scared me as we've talked is that the examples have come up and we've shown that companies are already doing this to wheat to farm animals to these sorts of things so i mean if if let's say we go down the blanket ban on human germline editing we may end up with a with a world where the vast majority of animals and um, are have been edited in these ways with all of the drawbacks that we've talked about of these death genes put in place and basically the animals being copyrighted or not copyrighted but patent protected so that they can only be used under certain circumstances um so in a way we've we've probably jumped we've we like you said we've we've entered this stage and it's only our um ego we're well, not egos but we we do still hold humans as very different from animals in a lot of our legal and moral codes um and that's the only thing holding us back at that at the moment from this yeah i think you're absolutely right um people ha are doing it on i think the newest thing is 
on mosquitoes. They try to eradicate certain species of mosquitoes, which are essential to the life cycle of, for example, malaria or, or similar diseases, mm-hmm. um, which they try to eradicate this way to just improve human health. But what you're doing is like, in a way, it's the same thing, like introducing ferrets to New Zealand and they have the time of their life hunting kiwis. Just now we think we're smarter because we like we do it more precise. It's better than introducing cameras to Australia where they don't have any natural predators. But yeah. I wonder if we're actually being smarter just because the te- technology is fancier than just putting a bunch of cameras on a continent. Mm. You get what I mean? I don't think if yeah, we're being absolutely arrogant at this point in yeah, any way. And like, I mean, yeah, the well, problem is always the, the unforeseen stuff, right? Like, I would assume that they had the best of intentions when they let the camels loose and they just couldn't foresee all the consequences. The more complex the system, the harder it is to predict what happens if you, like, make a small change. Mm. Yeah, and, and now we turn, we do. It's the same. We have so much stuff in our genome that we have no idea what it even does, let alone all the interactions that it has in the body right like we definitely haven't figured out the human body and we already we already have the power to like start screwing around with stuff and going like oh what about this what about that what about you know so this is this is uh reminded me so maybe this would be the best form of us finding out what all those bits do in the kind of post-mortems from the failures that would happen to this because i remember a, a, a talk at school uh, by a neurosurgeon who asked us the question, what was um, the invention that really aided the, dis- the understanding of what bits of the brain did what? And uh, people were like, MRI and all this sort of stuff. And he said, no, no, earlier, earlier. And he said it was the invention of the high-velocity rifle because you then bore a very straight hole through people's brains. And people can survive quite, um, quite drastic damage to their brains. And because, because it's so like straight, you, you eliminate only very certain areas and the person survives. And if their speech ends, stops, then they can say, ah, it must have gone through the speech center and these sorts of things. I don't know how true it is in, in, an, in an actual fact, but it's a quite an interesting way of thinking about it. And I think it would apply to the free-for-all if people got into editing genomes and having and editing their germlines and then them having children with God knows what unseen consequences. But the the retrospective analysis, we'd be like, oh yeah, you really shouldn't do that. That was, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, scientifically speaking, it would be interesting, but morally speaking, yeah. it would be a fucking disaster. I think what people are doing now with these mosquitoes is that they try it on islands where they are pretty sure they can't escape from. As if that I ever mean, worked, that's right? Like, that's like, like the plot seen of Jurassic Park, ever. right? That's, yes, that's Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. <laughs> You're like, oh no. Just mosquitoes, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so but you don't know I, what's happening. Like, I'm not saying the mosquitoes bring back the dinosaurs, but you know, yeah, like you don't know how the system reacts to change like that. No, I don't want to be too pessimistic here, and and I am a scientist and pro new technologies, right? I'm I'm not that that traditional, not that that afraid of things, but but kind of feels like we're being very arrogant at this point because we can. Or because we think this new thing can help? Or are there more personal things at play where individuals think, if I make this work, I will be the new Newton or 
Nikola Tesla or something. I mean, like it comes back to that the the pull is so strong, right? If you have seen people with like mutations that you know you could fix, like it's a like it's very hard to justify to say, well, I know you're going to get Huntington, but there is uh, like we are not allowed from the law to change your germline. Like, how do you how do you make that point? Like, there's almost yeah. no like the the pull is so so strong to make this happen. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there is a thing we're doing right now, which is um, the oh, what's this thing called in English? The uterus liquid thing. Oh, um, amni be... amniotic fluid. Amnios... fluid. Amniotic what? fluid. Amniocentesis is the sampling of the amniotic fluid. That's yeah. exactly what they're doing. Thank you, Chris. I would have never, never got this. Um, where if you know that, that you have a higher probability of developing mm. a certain disease, you can't check it in your kid in utero. And and if if deemed appropriate, uh, the pregnancy can be aborted, which is arguably a horrible way to fix it, right? So, I'll, yep. yeah, I agree with you. One can easily make the case that with some gene editing, maybe not even in your germline, but just in, in IVF, this can be fixed. In, in, vitro in vitro fertilization in an individual embryo. Because mm -hmm. then it still won't be passed on. It's the same thing in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like, I think there's but, like steps in between where it doesn't feel as scary as like actually going in and saying, oh, I'm changing my genome. Like, I don't like that part. I'm just going to fix it, quote unquote. Exactly. There's going to be like steps in between that normalizes it. Mm. yeah like having this thing that li like listens in on every conversation you have in your pocket and everybody's kind of like just cool about that like you know our phone does scary shit and we just very you know like it was so many small steps that were being buoyed alive and everybody's kind of like yeah i know but you know yeah, and why are they listening in for personalized apps uh sorry personalized ads no, is, is that is that know. what we're using it for that's so worth it I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I like maybe it's a maybe that is not the case, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, there's yeah, absolutely already, slippery like, slope scary stuff mm -hmm. happening that if somebody has would have asked like people 50 years ago, oh, would you be cool with that? They would have said, no, can we please like put a law in place? But if you just if the change just comes slow enough, which it will, I mean, given that the children have already been born with with edited um, germlines with cat, by Cas9, it seems that no matter no matter what, somewhere in the world, this is going to happen again. And, and I did not expect you to say this sentence so quickly. Like when I think back five years, I didn't expect anyone to say this in the near future. Well, let's be fair. We don't actually it's, know he managed to do it. He was and he it's has been, hidden, yes, he and it's been two children, but still, yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, it's yeah, still crazy. It's still. Yeah, it's still too like this is really depressing. Perhaps we should. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is. Look at a more, more upbeat. Um... And and I do think our our conclusion at this point uh, seems to be that I think we all gravitate towards what Philip said quite a while ago. Now is that it should probably not just be allowed to everyone. It should maybe be even criminalized. Yeah, it should definitely stay criminalized to a certain extent. Mm. And I, I mean, think we do agree, we just... do have a certain responsibility to the gene pool of the future. No. 
but how would you even police that like how would you how would you do like like well, you uh, can... chris was saying in the beginning like the the let's say list of stuff you would need to have to do it is extremely simple it's like almost like yeah we have we have prohibited people from building bobs which doesn't stop them from building bobs it just makes it harder you know mm, nope. like but for example in... are so easy to get by if if uh, breaking bad is to be believed there's just a few key compounds in the production of crystal meth which are being um, secured so you just you need a certificate or some license to buy these products methylamine for example Mm-hmm. And so, what you're uh, saying is nobody is producing crystal meth on this planet. <laughs> no, but it's not so easy. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's, it's really easy, though. <laughs> Still, it's oh, crazy. You're a chemist. You're an organic chemist. Of course, it's easy for you. But but the like point the... is that that it like you um like just like there's so many things you cannot just buy. For example, arms in Europe, right? You can't, or in most places of the world, you cannot just buy arms. The same arms. way you can't arms? weapons, weapons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> firearms <laughs> a handgun <laughs> assault Sorry. rifle you I can't just I'm go to store I'm, and buy them i blacked out there for a second <laughs> you want a right <laughs> one or a left one? Oh shoot did you say left or right i can't remember this, but this is actually a really good example of this because um the same kind of culture that that brought us this de- democratization of, of of gene editing technology the same ideas that were, were created in Silicon Valley um, apply to 3D printing and in particular 3D printing guns, which has caused a legislative nightmare in America. So in, 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 the, in I'm not actually sure what the rules are in Europe, whether you can or can't 3D print a gun. Um, legal, I imagine in Europe, having a gun is illegal. So I think it's a different, uh, it's a different thing. No matter what the gun is made of, it's still a gun. But in the US, Owning a gun is legal, but making guns is, is illegal. Um, and so people have just 3D printed plastic guns, which actually, although the first few blew up when they shot them, they've now got good enough to be able to fire a couple of bullets, maybe more now. Um, and so now they've, they've made it illegal to share the schematics, I think, but still the actual process of 3D printing isn't illegal. Uh, but it just shows how prohibition doesn't really work at all in these cases where the cost and the access to the technology is now so low that yeah, anyone can do it. And... Yeah. And I mean, as much damage as, damage as you can do with the 3D printed firearm, it's like it's limited. While with CRISPR-Cas, you could potentially do unlimited damage. True. Like the only thing that stops you is basically the knowledge of how sophisticated of a change you make. Mm-hmm. Yes. So to if I can can wrap this up, I I do absolutely agree, Philip. I think that's the that's the central tenet here, and that's why, even though of course we didn't find a proper solution now, I think it's important that we talk about this that we that we give the ethics on a bit of a head start because the technology is already kind of there, and I feel like the ethics of it are still some decades behind so we have to have to kind of talk about this before it's happening and if netflix is to be believed it is happening already in in some garages on this planet yeah Yeah. luckily with very crude success i would say yes that's 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 the good part for sure i mean maybe for now our stupidity is just saving our ass yeah, and maybe the thing that's gonna is gonna save our asses altogether is uh, keeping the knowledge behind a paywall. How about that? 
Oh my god, are we going to completely oh flip this one? Yes, nature is protecting the, hu the human genome for generations to come because it costs 70 quid to get an article. You didn't oh see this god. one coming, did you? Yes! <laughs> wow, Hannes, you didn't right. tell me you had a new job in, in publishing. publishing. Yeah, exactly. Did I your got editor money job for this. with nature get through? <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for this. Okay, I'm going to try this again and not edit it out. Thank you very much for listening. This has been further research needed. We'll be back in two weeks. And this is the Stitch Together outro. If you have comments and feedback, you can find us on Philip. frn-podcast.com And our Twitter at frn-podcast. Every time. I'm pretty sure our Twitter is unhyphenated as our Facebook and Patreon FRN podcast. And if you want to support the show, we're in dire need of new microphones. So please consider subscribing at Patreon. This is where you can find videos to these episodes, for example. And we'll be back in two weeks. See you then. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.